Hello, Forever Family. My name is Shannon. I'm the recovery pastor at Trussell First United Methodist Church. And in this episode, I'm joined by Sammy Hodges. He's the pastor at Asheville United Methodist Church and Evergreen United Methodist Church. Hello. Today's topic is hope versus hopeless. And in those moments of being hopeless, feeling invisible. So um, we're going to take a stroll down through the story of the prodigal son. But before we get started, would you like to praise him? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we trust you in all areas of life. We take the time today to thank you for every blessing of life. We thank you for those unseen things, uh, those times where we weren't sure how a situation was going to work out, and then your mighty hand moved, and we were able to to meet that, that need was able to be met or that problem was able to be rectified. Father, we pray tonight that as we talk about hope versus hopelessness, we talk about this feeling of being invisible, needing to feel like we need to make ourselves known. We pray, Lord, that you help us realize that, that you are the one that we need to make known in the world. And that, Father, you are important. And that each and every person that hears this and sees this that they're important to you. In your precious holy name we pray. Amen. So we're going to be looking at Luke 15. And I've listed verse 11 through 32. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. Yes. And you want me to read or do you want to read? Go ahead. <laughs> um, this is Jesus telling a parable. And he said there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his poverty in recklessness. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf, and I will kill it, and let us celebrate and eat. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Esther 24. Okay, so let's start breaking down the parable of the prodigal son. So, the young son squandered his inheritance, left the comforts of his father's home, sent out to feed his flesh thorn. He isolated himself, and in today's time, 
we would say this is where relapse was set into motion. So then there's the place where he sought his pleasure and he found pain. The physical pleasure could not fulfill spiritually what he was looking for. And he finds himself doing something he never thought he would do. How many times has somebody in recovery said, I never thought I would have done fill in the blank. Oh, yeah. And then feeling defeated, he returns home looking for forgiveness. And his arrogance was humbled. So let's break this down as modern day. Man, so many things come to mind when I think about the story of the prodigal son. Um, I think we can talk about the, the prodigal son's failures and mistakes because we've all been there. We've all been this person. Um, and um, we can talk about many aspects of the fact that he took for granted everything that he had. But the biggest thing was he felt like to make it in life that he was going to have to leave his parents and his family. One of the things that makes me think about is maybe not so much that he was just trying to make it. Maybe there was things he wanted to indulge himself in and do yeah. that he felt like he couldn't do in front of his parents. Right. A good rule of thumb. Uh, one of the things my dad used to tell me was if you're not, if you wouldn't want to take your mom there, don't take your date there. Right. Uh, and if you wouldn't want to take, if you wouldn't want, wouldn't want God to walk in with you, don't go. Just don't go. Yeah. And so. Oftentimes we will pull away from people because we know we're doing wrong or we know we want to do wrong. And the only way we can do that is to get ourselves away. And that sort of becomes a cycle. And I think that's where hopelessness comes in. Being hopeless comes in is because we get caught in this and we say, oh no, here I'm doing it again. I told myself I wouldn't do this anymore. I told myself I wouldn't act this way or do this thing or or whatever the, the thing is. And it becomes a sort of a cycle mm-hmm. in our lives. Uh, this young man went out, did this, this what, what the Bible refers to as riotous living. Yes. He did whatever he wanted to do. He squandered his money and squandered everything he had. Um, how many of us have ever Absolutely. been in a situation where whatever our addiction or our hurt or our hangup was caused us to spend more money on things? Whether it's a person that, uh, that, that has spending all their money on shopping because they don't realize what they're trying to replace in their lives or the person who spends all their money on their addiction and realizes too late in life but they can't get any of that back no it's gone it's all gone and um and this young man had the opportunity to as the scripture said here to come to himself Mm -hmm. Uh, he sort of had this this aha moment this realization we we call it an epiphany sometimes (laughs) this epiphany moment uh, one of my favorite movies, they call it an apostrophe moment. <laughs> an apostrophe. Uh, but an epiphany moment where we, uh, where he, he says, you know, my dad's household servants eat better than I'm eating right now and live better than I'm living right now. Um, but oftentimes we don't go humbly the way he did. No, we don't. We go arrogantly when we go. Uh, a lot of times we expect our families to just embrace us back again. We walk in with the air that says, this is mine. Yes. I do it just like he did at the beginning. But his life had changed in such a place where he got to the point where there was nothing he could do. He was going to have to rely on the love and the compassion of his father. And hope that it was there. Yeah. Because yeah. I think so many times, too, when people go back or try to right a wrong, they feel like there's going to be confrontation. So they gear themselves up for confrontation and come in with that attitude. And then yeah. everybody's like, 
it's you all done with us. Why are you mad at us? Yes. Yeah. You know? See, hopeless is the place you don't want to be. Right. And what I mean by that is we can say, oh, we don't want to be hopeless. And I don't mean that so much. But hopeless is a place. Yes. It's, it's a place in your life where you, you don't want to be where you're at, doing what you're doing. It's no longer uh, thrilling for you. It's no longer fulfilling for you. In fact, it's become a detriment to your life, yeah. and it becomes a lifestyle you can't keep up. Absolutely. That's where hopeless is. It's a place where you feel stuck and yeah. stuck, stagnant, Very like stagnant. a pool of water that, that, yeah. that doesn't have any fresh water running to it. That's hopeless. Hope is a destination. Right. It's something you can see off in the distance and say, I wish I could get there. Yeah, because you, you know you see a path. Yeah. You just kind of set the journey into motion and take that first step. And see, Absolutely. we look at the sun's the sun's side of this often. We call him the prodigal son. Well, the word prodigal means excessive. That's why he's called the prodigal son, not because he went away and came back. Uh, he, he's called the prodigal sons because he lived an excessive lifestyle. He lived a lifestyle of excess, a lifestyle uh, um, to the extreme. Uh, but we often forget about the father's side of this um, because the father's love was more excessive absolutely and, and more abundant yes more and greater than anything that son had done so if you could imagine there's the son living in hopelessness uh hoping looking at hope and here's the father really not sure his son's ever going to come back because we know this is a type and shadow of god or comparison to god but this is a real person yeah. who's thinking my son's gone i've lost him he even says, my son was dead to me. I didn't even know if he was alive or dead. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that he cast him out. That yeah, literally it means he didn't know where he was alive right. or not. Right. And so here he is hoping to see his son yeah. and hoping for something he may never see. And one day he looks out the window and there's his son walking down the road and he sees his hope. And so they both move from their hopelessness mm -hmm. into the place that they were looking for. And it just happened to be uh, into each other's arms. And I think that, you know, in, in recovery, when you see someone that um, maybe they vanish for a little bit, they, you know, you're not sure where they're at, you're not sure if they're okay, you don't know how to reach them. All you can do sometimes is pray them home. Like yeah. literally, just yeah. pray for them to surface, they're okay, they'll get help, they'll, whatever they need, just let them come home so that you can step in and start helping again. I think many times, and it's not just an addiction, I think many times uh, we, we venture off to feed our flesh, yeah. feed the flesh thorn, Oh yeah, because that is our internal battle. And the others that have surrounded us and have seen this battle and understand that the battle is raging heavy, we don't realize how often they surround us by and pray us home. Yeah, that's right. We're totally away from them. We don't know that they're praying. Yep. But they are literally praying us home. My, my stepmother used to use this phrase um, whenever we would bring somebody home when we were teenagers that we were dating. And, and, and um, if we would break up, she would go, oh, I prayed you out of that relationship <laughs> or I prayed you out of that situation. We'd be like, what do you mean? It's your fault we broke up? She goes, no, that was God's fault, honey. I prayed you. I was praying, that. yes. Yeah. I, I've had relatives go, you know, I've been praying the whole time. I'm like, why don't you just tell me? Because when you're in the situation, you don't want to see mm -hmm. what they're seeing sometimes. You'll yeah. reject it and you'll run toward whatever the flesh thorn desires more. Yeah. Well, all throughout Scripture, you see a pattern of 
when we indulge ourselves in sin or we won't indulge ourselves in sin, we isolate ourselves. Adam and Eve hiding from God in the garden. Um, King David, out alone by himself on the rooftop at night when he should have been with his soldiers in battle, where he should have been leading. He was isolated himself and alone when he saw the downfall of his kingdom. And that was, he saw this, this beautiful woman and he took her and he wasn't supposed to. And, and his kingdom suffered heavily because of that situation and his family, his children suffered because of that situation in his life. Uh, literally losing the child child. who was the fruit of that, that, that situation. Yeah. Well, this, when I was going through this, I was trying to think, what is the ultimate, um, give me, give me, give me that came to mind. And so, (laughs) you know, I was trying to think, how, how are we no different than the prodigal son? What's the best visual example? And so I thought of the movie Willy Wonka. Yeah. <laughs> and there's two little girls in that movie. Oh, yeah. That I literally want to thump right in the forehead. I'll just be honest. I'm putting it out there for everybody here. Yeah. I was so thumping right in the middle of their forehead. Walk off. Those are two that made me think, well, I don't have children sometimes. Yes. <laughs> it's like that. So, so we have the first one. Yeah. That there was the goose that laid the golden egg. Yeah, yeah. She said, I want it, I want it now. Yeah, Baruch Asal. Give it to me now, Daddy. Yes. That's her, yeah, I want and it now. And she can scream, yeah. and everybody's like, what in the world? She even would tell her dad that she do- he doesn't love her. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, don't he- want me to have anything nice, Daddy. Yeah. And she has the ultimate plush everything. Oh, she's wealthy, yeah. Dad's got everything. Yeah. Just the example Just of the exactly. same guy here, the prodigal son. <laughs> yeah, I want what's mine. And uh, um, then there's uh, the other girl, Violet Beauregard, yeah. uh, the greediness of, of uh, eating the blueberry yes. pie thing. And, and all of a sudden, she, or the, the chewing gum, the chewing the whole, gum. she gets to the blueberry pie, she blows up into she a just, blueberry. Yeah, they have to yeah. roll her off. But yeah. it's, it's so funny when um, the first girl, is she what she goes into this room, and is it, I can't remember, is it where the... The, there were geese laying golden eggs. Okay, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah. And she ends up, uh, they have a place where they weigh the eggs. That's it, yes, And yes. when she lands on that, she's the bad egg. And they and drop her down the hole where the bad eggs go. Yeah. yeah. Talk so, about exactly this very thing. I'm so thankful that God does not have a scale that he stands us on to see if we're yeah. a bad egg. Well, if you'll notice, the, the, the things those two have in common, the, 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 the chewing gum that ends up tasting like a full dinner with blueberries at the end, um, and, and the idea of wanting that golden egg and wanting it now, wanting that goose, um, is that physical pleasure yeah. will never spiritually fulfill us. Yeah. And so this man had lived his life in physical pleasure, realizing that at the end of the day, all he had to fill himself with was what the pig would eat. Um, the way we'd say it now would be dog scraps. Yeah. Um, but in, 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 in this day and age, one of the most horrible things for a person who is Jewish to do would be to eat with pigs or to, to, to raise pigs or even to be caught raising or, or, or helping make pigs uh, um, full. It was, a, it was a bad thing for them. And uh, uh, and so here he is being told pigs are dirty in his religion that God says for them not to do that. And they think this is the most awful thing. And here he is. Well, he's Basically, he's he's down to nothing in their yeah. world. That's the example. That is all the food he's got yeah. is to eat from from their food. He finds himself doing something he never thought he would do before, 
And what's funny about that, or not what's funny, what's interesting about that is we get that same way because we will allow ourselves to get to a place where we will take actions that just we thought were never in us to do, and yeah. not in a good way. Yeah. Uh, we will see ourselves partaking in things and going to places that we never thought we would be. We never thought we would stoop that low or, or do those four Absolutely. And I know uh, in jail ministry, there's so many times that ladies would share their testimonies and it would always be a family member that they took something from. Yeah. And it's a beloved family member that trusted them wholeheartedly. Yeah. And they would just sit and cry and cry and be like, I can't believe I would do that. Right. What would make me do that? Flesh thorn. Yeah. In that moment of self-fulfillment, you you forget everything else. You do. You you detach emotionally from humanity almost. And, and it gets to a place too where you don't even you don't even think about getting caught. No, you're just chasing. You're just you're just trying to get that again. You're just yeah. chasing. And and when you get there, it doesn't matter who's going on or no. what's happening. You will do everything you can. And those are the things that you think to yourself, I never thought I would do right. this. Right. Absolutely. And you know, just like the the father in the story, yeah. I'm so thankful that God doesn't love us based on our performance. Oh, yeah. Meaning setting us up on that on that egg scale because I don't know about y'all, but I think I would completely fall for it. Oh, yeah, all of us. Yeah, we I mean we're, we're told in scripture that none of us measure up. Right. We're all bad eggs. Right. But it's because of Jesus and it's because of the excessive love. God, the lavish is what the word powerful means, lavish love. Uh, we're also told in uh, in in the book of Sir John, I believe it is, uh, to look and see what great love the Father has lavished upon us because we are his children. And that's the only reason that, that he does it, not because we've done something worthy of love, but because because he we're his. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm so thankful that no matter how many times that we as a cliche, return to the pig trough. Oh, yeah. Uh, God doesn't stop loving us. No matter how many times we hurt someone or someone hurts us, God doesn't love us any different. He loves us all. We're all his children. Um, you know, there's the, the continuation of that story is that uh, while they're celebrating this return of the son, um, his brother comes along. Yes. And he's very, very unhappy that his brother's back. Yes. You know, that's another obstacle we face sometimes on a road to recovery is facing those family members that, yeah. that that are angry with us because of things we have done in the past. Yeah. And uh, um, and really, he honestly at this point is acting like a spoiled brat, yes. just as much as his brother did. Um, some people say, well, he's justified. No, he's not. No. He's not justified. Um, and he says, what's going on here, Dad? You never, you never killed a fatted calf for me. Um, you never invited all my friends to come over and have a party. And he looked at his son and he said, I like to think that he probably went, I'm going to smack you right in the forehead. But he looked at his son and he said, he said, you've always been with me. Yeah. Everything that I have has always been yours. If you wanted that calf, all you had to do go get it. Yeah. But come with me now and celebrate because your brother was dead and now he's alive. He yeah. was lost and now he's found. And so we have to remember that even when our families sometimes will have that 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 uh, look or that feeling that this outlook or feeling that this brother had, 
that we have a God and we have a church family, we have a CR family that looks at us the same way the father looked at his, his son. Yeah, no matter how many times we cliche return to the big trough, yeah. you always have the, the, accountability, the accountability team, what I call your crew, your village, because I do believe it takes a village, you have your village, that even when you're out of the picture for a while, you stepped away, we don't know what's going on, but we're praying you home. We're absolutely praying for you, God to protect you and guide you and give you clarity and discernment in whatever situation you're in so that you can see where the enemy is playing you. You can see where God is sending you angels to guide you home. I can't tell you how many times I've had people come back and say, you know, this one lady or this one guy kept coming into my life and I kept sidestepping and finally I just talked to him. Yeah. That's, that's how God works. You were talking about the idea of praying somebody home. I like to think that dad went out every day and looked out his door. Absolutely. Looking for that boy to come home. Wanting um, uh, and earning. I remember when I first became a youth pastor, one of our very first outings, less than two miles from the church. We're talking just around the corner, probably not even a mile from the church. We went to another church and had a youth event where we did um, uh, these human videos and stuff like that. This was years ago. I think this was right after or right before Linda and I got married. And two of the girls that never really went anywhere in the youth group with us, uh, they came to church, but they weren't involved, decided they wanted to be involved and wanted to go with us. And so, of course, we said yes. Yeah, you know. absolutely. Uh, and at that time, foolishly, we didn't have permission slips. Yeah. And so, um, so they go with us, and we all go up there. And while we're doing human videos up front and I'm speaking, these girls had arranged to meet a guy at the, around the, they came out the basement of the church, of that church, and went out and got in the car with him and ran away from home with his guy. Oh, no. And so um, the parents said to me, um, we think she may be going to come back to your house, one of the girls, because they couldn't find her with the guy that she was supposed to have been with. And neither of the parents blamed us because they said that, you know, that, you know this was, situation that they have done this before yeah and uh and uh um i remember when they told me we think she might come to your house that this was it was definitely after when i got married because i was there at the house in warrior and i would get up and i would look out the window every couple of hours just, just to see if maybe she might stand out on porch or maybe i might meet her there and uh, uh we even drove around the neighborhood where we thought she might be uh, looking for a little while and i like to think that's what this dad yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what we do when we try to pray somebody home. Is we're constantly standing at the door looking. Um, notice also, no names are given here. Right. And I, I like the idea that no names are given here because that's any of us and all of us. Mm -hmm. Because at one point in our life, we're going to be in all those situations. And I think too, if there were if there were names involved, this story would be it would turn into well that person. You know, then, then right. starts the finger pointing, and that's where everything breaks down. All communication, I think, breaks down. Yeah, and it's for all of us, because at some point we're going to be that parent yeah. or that that person who who our husband or wife even who's longing for that other person's life to be different. We're going to be that person longing for our life to be yeah. different, or we're going to be the person going, "Why don't they get this?" Yeah, yeah, we could be in any part of this. I mean, not to not to make it sound bad, I mean, but it may be that, not calling anybody a, a pig or anything, but if you may be <laughs> in a situation where you're giving food to somebody 
and you're not really sure of the situation of what's going on, but you, you know you're being led by a spirit to feed them. Yeah. Um, and in, I think it's in those moments when we we give without question, we serve without question, we're present without questioning, yeah. that God speaks loudly to that person's heart. Because right. you're doing something and you have no motive. Yeah. Even the person that hired him to work was prolonging or not say prolonging, but allowing for an opportunity yeah. for him to to, to to be different in life, for change to come, Absolutely. for hope to come. Um, you know, earlier I said that hopeless is a place that uh, that uh, um, that you are, you don't want to be, and that hope is a destination. We have to remember that hope is also a person. Absolutely. And a real person. And that's where our hope is found. Yeah, and, and, and that's in Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah, uh, because without, without Jesus, in our lives and the power that, that comes from knowing Jesus. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect because right. none of us are or ever will be perfect in this life. But what it does mean is that because we know him, we are saved by faith through grace. Not anything we did or could have done, and God loves us regardless. Regardless. Regardless of how many times we turn the picture off. That's right. Literally. Yeah. And, and I wonder, regardless of how many times we look and say, okay, God, I want what's coming to me. I want it all and I want it now. God still loves us. I think, I think everybody could say at some point in time in their life that we have been in a situation where we're like, God, I really want this. Mm-hmm. I really, like we've been that little spoiled brat. I really want this. And I think those times in our lives where, oh, God, I want this person to yeah. let them be the one. Yeah. We, we, we forget that there's always something that will be there that if we allow it to, we'll get our minds off track. Absolutely. Where we should be is sometimes it's going to be money, a, a, a pleasurable feeling, a person, a thing. Yeah. Um, we remember what it was like and try to get back there. Yeah, because the flesh thorn has many different desires on many different levels. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're more alike than we're different because we we have similarities in our flesh thorns, but yet we're very different. So whatever the flesh thorn wants, the world is ready to supply. Yeah. An endless supply. That's right. An endless supply of, of what is the worst for our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, to, to distract us yeah. from what God's trying to put in front of us. And, uh, and I, th- I think what Christ came to do was to show us that as lavish as our lifestyles have been, even more lavish is the love that God gives us, even more graceful, even more abundant, uh, that as much as we can think of the sin that was in our lives or that is in our lives, that God's grace and God's love is even more present than that. Absolutely. So this episode has been Hope versus Hopeless. We looked at the story of the uh, prodigal son. So until next time, always remember, speak life, be a blessing, put your faith feet into action to cause a ripple effect. So much you got there, everybody.